0: Herbs have been used by people since the dawn of time. When Rockefeller introduced allopathic medicine, many herbal remedies fell by the wayside as people put their faith in prescription pills and the world just gets sicker. Here at Heathen Herbs, we look to the past and to nature for answers. We offer tinctures, magnesium skin cream, lip balm, tooth powder, colloidal silver throat spray, and more. Check us out at HeathenHerbs.com. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased a gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time.
1: Reality Check.
0: That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com.
1: Rampant hacking, identity theft, mass surveillance. Defending yourself today is not an option. It's a requirement. Introducing the Conceal Shield Travel Pack from DefenderShield.com. Conceal Shield is cutting-edge wireless blocking technology that eliminates all signals, including EMF, GPS, and RFID. Place cell phones, credit cards, IDs, and other trackable items into the Conceal Shield, and they become totally invisible. Get Conceal Shield now at DefenderShield.com. Use promo code CONCEAL for 10% off. Guard your privacy, secure your data, and protect your health with Conceal Shield.
0: Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com.
2: You're listening to the Fireman Trainer Podcast, Season 5, Episode 9, published on May second, twenty 2023. In this episode, we'll be talking to John Coolis about his book, Pistol Practice. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Sit back and relax for this week's episode. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Farmers Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and the competitive pricing. All certified instructors can apply for FTA coverage. And remember, for listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by KSG Holsters. They're professional-grade Kydex handcrafted here in the United States of America. They're available for a large variety of firearms. They're purpose-built. One by one for comfort and concealability. All KSG holsters are Enigma compatible. There are a lot of customization options, so you can order the holster that fits your needs exactly. Remember, KSG holsters, we bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearms instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by author John Coolis from Pistol Practice. Welcome to the podcast, John. Thanks for taking your time to spread your knowledge with our audience. Thank you, Rob. I'm happy to be here. Great. Well, hey, if there's some people out there who don't know who John Coolis is, can you give us a little bit about your background and what brings you to our uh, podcast today, John? Well, on the one hand, I'm
3: a passionate recreational shooter like most of your listeners and an NRA and USCC instructor. Like many of my generation, you know, I grew up watching the Rifleman and Daniel Boone and Marksmanship was an admired quality in our in our country, and I was lucky enough that my dad took me out with a with a twenty two at a young age, and I have fond memories of that. Um, career wise, I knew I wanted to join the Air Force since I was twelve, so I did that straight away. Um, completed a year in tech, uh, a career in technology to uh, raise my family. And in recent years I've been able to spend more time in uh you know the, the shooting sports and really enjoy uh this this wonderful sport we have. So uh been hardcore into pistol shooting for the last fifteen years. Got my certification as an NRA instructor and in then USCCA, and I published Pistol Practice, the shooting range guidebook that teaches you how to practice last August.
2: Mm-hmm. And I've been looking at it, and one of the first things that I noticed right off the bat as I page through the book was this isn't one of those books that you just sit down and, you know, put on the bookshelf. It's actually one that you want to go along and take to the range with you because it's got all the practice information that you can take with you, and you get the targets. What made you want to go along and make a book that was like that? Well, oh, I… I had
3: years watching other people practice. I'd go to the range, and I saw so many people load all their magazines to capacity, hang up whatever target the club offered, which was usually the NRA small bore target. They would shoot till they were out of ammo, and they would leave. I I didn't see anyone reflecting on their target. I didn't see them varying their drills at all. And it kind of occurred to me, I don't think people know how to practice. Because then those people stopped coming to the range. They they plateau, never really getting out of shooting low and left. And I started taking notes and putting together a combination of drills that I was using uh, to teach myself. And when I would bring other people to the range, things we would do to keep it interesting. You know, when you're bringing your, your, your teenagers to the range, you've got to keep it engaging for them. So then it became the gamification of drills. Mm-hmm. And you're right, when I looked at the what was on the market for books, a lot of them were how to shoot books. But I didn't see much in terms of how to practice, unless it was specific training for, you know, uh, world champion, right, to to be a, a, a high-level shooter. Um, so this is designed to help, you know, every man, right, from novice to advanced intermediate, make the most out of their range time.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i think one thing that makes it really convenient is besides having a book you actually supply the targets that people need to need to shoot at and those targets are in pdf format which allows you to print off as many as possible because i know even when i do classes i'm constantly trying okay do i have enough targets for everybody do i have the right targets that i want to shoot with those types of things and the ones that the ones that come you know that I can print makes it so much easier than me going along trying to rush rush to the range to make sure I've got enough of the targets to make it um you know to do the class
3: well thanks for that it it is a convenience that you can just download the pdf and print your targets um the value is really that many of the there's 20 chapters and they're basically categorized as fundamentals drills and challenges and for some of them I wanted to train people into get your mindset away from just trying to always shoot a bullseye, right? Um, if we're doing an exercise to learn natural point of aim, then that's really just about defensive accuracy. So an eight-inch circle is fine. But I give people an alternative, like use a paper plate. Um, and for bullseye targets, I think Birchwood Casey is wonderful. I like the shoot-and-see targets. Um, it gives shooters instant feedback. but. That's an investment that some people don't want to make so sure i've got a easy bullseye you can print out
2: mm-hmm. yeah and when um you know ammo is still at a premium right now being able to save a few uh, dollars or pennies probably for on each target to print out in your home printer that definitely helps out especially for the instructor too might be printing more than just uh, one or two off on on his on his printer so that's uh, right that's one of those really well thought out advantages to the uh, book you have here um one of the things in the book too it allows you to track your progress for it so as i'm going through all these different drills if i'm doing one week after week i can actually go along and say okay this on this date i was able to go along and have this kind of uh time or this kind of score on the target and that's that's a great way of seeing whether you're improving Plateauing, or whether you're you're not practicing enough, or maybe too much, and de- declining uh, with it.
3: I I think that's correct, Rob. And part of what I'm trying to convey in in the book is developing the right mindset around your time at the range. Uh, have a plan. Have an objective for your trip to the range, and then take the time to reflect on your performance and and grade yourself. Um, you know, shooting should be fun. You should want to go to the range. You know, it shouldn't feel like, oh, I've got to go to the gym, right? Where you know, you're going to, you got to go to the gym. It should be engaging. And when you track your progress and give yourself discrete tasks, achievement feels good. We all get a little, you know, uh, endorphin boost when we, Hey, I, I did that. Great. So you did it at 15 feet. Now let's push it out to 18. Great. And you push it out farther. You've done it. And then I reset the clock on people, and I'm like, okay, now do it with your weak hand, <laughs> or now do it from holster. And that's mm-hmm. where the the challenges really speak to the spectrum of skill level.
2: Yeah, because uh, you know when we think about skill level and such, um, you know, we're probably we're probably all really good shooters with our uh, dominant hand. But how many of us, you know, practice as much with our non-dominant hand? And that's where the situation comes into, as I would call, you don't get to pick the place or the pick the time or the situation, but you still have to rise to the occasion. And if you've never done offhand shooting effectively and know what your, know what your effective range is or what you can do with it versus uh, doing your dominant hand, that's one of those things to where, you know, that can be a training scar that we as instructors should make sure we're not falling into, and we probably should encourage our students also at the same time. So there's a lot of uh, great exercises in here.
3: Thank you again for that observation. Um, And when I discuss recreational shooting with people that are almost exclusively focused on self-defense preparedness and defensive shooting, I, I recognize that expertise and the importance of it. Strong fundamentals, I think, are the least common denominator, though, to both. Whether your focus is recreational shooting and fun with a gun or defensive accuracy and self-defense preparedness, you need to have a strong grip. You need to know that your your trigger press is, is built into your personal muscle memory. You have done so many reps that the neuroplasticity is there and it's fundamental to you. Um, and you're right, bad guys don't give you a, cho- a choice of if they're going to be on your left side or your right side, whether you're going to have to use one hand or two. Um, I Chapter 18 is weak side and one hand. Um, it stems from the fact in my early days as a self-taught shooter, I always finished my range sessions with uh, weak side and one hand, just to force myself to go through those reps. And then the NRA expert challenge, you know, to be able to do those exercises and mm-hmm. score it. Um, it's a lot of
2: fun. Yep. And that's one of those uh where I could definitely see taking the book and using the NRA marksmanship qualification uh program and be able to take young shooters or teenagers and and you know, continually to push themselves where they can go along, get some awards for doing, you know. Doing well shooting in different situations for which, um, if you're not familiar with the Marksmanship qualification program out there, I would suggest anybody just go along, Google it. You can find the information out. It's a, it's a program that you grade yourself. There's nobody that has to go along, and grade it until you get up to, um, expert marksman. And then, uh, there's other requirements there, but you can find it online without a problem. John, would you go along and say that you're, Course is targeted at the beginner, intermediate, or advanced uh, shooters. I would say that it is
3: almost essential for new shooters. And when I've spoken to my business partners that own gun ranges, I've said, "Hey, they they buy a gun, they buy a cleaning kit, they should buy pistol practice." Um, however, I know many intermediate shooters who said, "Yeah, I've been shooting for several years, but I." I don't seem to improve. I'm like, you don't know how to practice if you're not improving. It's like working with a personal trainer at the gym. We all, anyone that's had that experience of working with a professional bodybuilder at the gym, you realize you get a lot more out of your gym membership, right? You Mm -hmm. see the personal improvement. Pistol practice, I think, does that for the intermediate shooter. Um, As far as the, the experts and the advanced shooters, I would just say, hey, you guys are tough you're up for a challenge give it a try you know mm-hmm. um whether it's for accuracy or, or working from holster you know um a lot of them are a lot of the challenges are either humbling or confidence building for for people after a while
2: well one, one thing we all have to you know especially realize when it comes to shooting the fundamentals are what Everybody does. And, uh, you know, the difference between a beginner and an expert is how well and how consistently they do the fundamentals for it. And, you know, experts like, you know, Mike C. Klander, Rob Latham and others, uh, you know, that's what they say all the time. You know, what makes them better than anybody else at your, at your, uh, club? It's that they can execute the fundamentals more consistently than than the average shooter for it. And that's where a program like yours, even though, hey, I might be able to shoot the bullseye, um, you know, no problem at all, and be able to hit all the standards that you put in the book. How consistent am I, you know, in hitting those standards and making sure that, okay, I could I can go along and do, you know, five shots. But if that sixth shot, you know, flies on me. Maybe I need to go along and rethink what I was doing between the fifth and sixth shot, so that I can shoot ten consistently. And even there, you know, challenge myself. Okay, if I can do ten, try to do fifteen. If I can start going along and doing practice where I can't, where I, you know, physically can't make a mistake because I've done it so many times, then I really think you know you've you've made it there. But also getting there, you also realize that you've got to continually. Ex- execute those uh, fundamentals each and every time or else you're going to fall down and uh, you know start have you're going to start have those flyers here or there which you know from a uh, scoring perspective could cost you a championship and um, you, know, you know Mike C Klander, Rob Latham kind of standpoint or if you're in a defensive shooting situation could create some uh, legal peril for you if you're not hitting your intended target uh from that standpoint that's very well said um and
3: There's a broad spectrum of skills that you'd have to check off in there, right? You um, mentioned accuracy, like being able to hit the bullseye consistently. Well, what about reloads, right? Mm -hmm. There's something that a lot of recreational shooters don't worry about, that they don't practice enough. um, And something that defensive shooters have have got to know how to do. The the group that probably works on their reloads the most is the competition shooters, the guys that are used to being on the clock. They're practicing their reloads. Um chapter 12 is called misfires and reloads and it starts off with the idea that, you know, uh stuff happens. Malfunctions may occur and as shooters we need to know how to be able to clear them quickly, and either get back in the competition or get back in the fight. So I introduced the concept of mixing snap caps with your live ammo in a variety of magazines, shuffle them up, and then I have people put themselves through a drill. Um, the book also serves as, as a bit of coaching. You experience this more in the uh, e-learning version, if I can mention that, Um the book was very well received. I'm I'm flattered by the positive reception from uh, both individual shooters as well as instructors who feel that it really f- fills a gap between basic firearm safety and concealed carry. We can talk later about the affiliate program I have, but instructors have welcomed this as a way of helping them teach their clients. Um, and in the e-learning version that was created, because not everyone wants a book, so many people that like listen to this podcast, rather just take out their smartphone and, you know, watch videos. They see more coaching because there's video demonstrations and you see me working with some of my clients. Um, video is a fantastic way to, to train. Um, you know, never let your your smartphone interfere with firearm safety. But if you can mount your camera and videotape yourself doing Chapter 12 misfires and reloads, and observe your gun handling, you'll see all these opportunities to improve your technique.
2: Mm-hmm. And one one of the things that you uh, brought to my mind when you were talking about reloads, your book isn't limited just to go along doing semi-automatics. It applies to revolvers also. Is that correct? It
3: does. It
2: does. Um,
3: I uh, am a big fan of staying in my box. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not partial to wheel guns. I'm not a wheel gun guy. Um, I can teach the basics and I can break a good shot with a revolver. Um, I'm not partial to them. And I didn't want the book to get bogged down where every paragraph I had to restate, oh, but if you're a revolver, do this. Mm -hmm. Um, In the grand scheme of things, I don't even know what the metrics are. Uh, In terms of new gun sales, would it be maybe 10% revolver, 20% revolver? So I didn't want to lose the flow of the book always trying to make the exception. I do think that people that are passionate about revolver, though, can quickly adapt um, the the drills to, Mm -hmm. you know. know, I know there's a
2: renaissance of, you know, more revolvers being sold now than what they were 10 years ago for it. And that's where I was, you know, as I was looking through the book, it's like, well, that that drill would be a very simple one to do with the revolver for it, Um, you know, even when it comes along to the reloads. And misfires. Obviously, on a revolver misfire, you go along and squeeze the trigger another time and it advances. So it's not as much of a, of a problem as it is with semi automatics, but you're reloading more. You're reloading every five, six shots versus reloading every 15. And that's where, you know, if you do carry a revolver, it might be a really good thing to go along, maybe practice and spend a little bit more time on doing those uh, reloads to make sure you realize, okay, six shots. Now I got to go along and do this. And that's where the book may not talk about it, but, um, you know, find somebody who's competent running a revolver and that'll help you with your speed loads. Um, You know, if you got got a speed reloader, or if you got a speed strips, uh, those types of things. And, um, good point and you, you mentioned uh 15
3: rounds so I'm not in a free state I've got a 10 round magazine limit mm-hmm. and uh I'm a big I'm a I'm a frugal Yankee okay so I'm a big fan of conserving ammo um unless the drill calls for 10 rounds I typically will load five in my magazine um if it's the the bullseye exercise gonna shoot five rounds and score it. Max score is 50. Um, I want to build in that pause. Again, what did I see? I saw a lot of shooters just mag dumping without reflection, going through huge amounts of ammo and not really improving. And now mm-hmm. I've got exercises here, which are like, hey, you know, shoot three vertical bars, you know, with three rounds, one, two, three, really forcing you to exercise, um, Good control, great sight picture, great sight alignment, and just, you know, take it slow, break it down. Um, when I said three vertical bars, for those that haven't seen the book, visualize a, a piece of blue painter's tape, and you either align it vertically or horizontally. And it just is a way of breaking down the bullseye into up, down, and left, right. Um, I use that as a coaching technique with with one of my clients and he saw me, you know, weeks later, he said, John, I start all of my practice sessions now with a piece of blue tape. Before he starts shooting a bullseye, he gets himself trained on what his sight picture should be in, in the other two dimensions. So it's been a great joy for me to share this with, with people and go through the spectrum of uh, exercises. You know, and then there's the challenges. The cover of the book is a split playing card. Um. And that's the kind of thing where we want to space that out. You're not doing that every week, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a spray and pray event. That should be a, okay, you know, I've progressed over the last couple of months. You know, give yourself three chances to split the playing card at 18 feet. See how you do,
2: right? Yep. And that is a uh, challenge. If nobody's ever done it, try it. I've, I've done it a couple of times, but it, but it is a challenge without a doubt at all. Hey, John, you, you teased us a little bit about it before, and let's jump into it. your instructor uh, program that you have. Can you go along and give us a little bit of overview of that what that is? Because I think if the instructors are interested with what they've heard so far, they might be thinking about, you know, what kind of programs are there for me to utilize and get this into my students' hands as I'm teaching them, coaching them, doing those types of things. Can you uh, give us an overview of that program? Sure.
3: Um, again, I have really reacted to the feedback I've received from people. And one of the groups that really appreciated Pistol Practice, saw it for its potential, was instructors. And so I developed a class. I teach a class called Pistol Practice, the class, where every student gets a copy of the book. Um, it's 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 about 45 minutes in the classroom and about 60 minutes live fire in the range. In the classroom, everyone gets a copy of the book. We talk about our mindset going into practicing, the value of scoring your target, keeping a record of what you've achieved, and we tell them how the book is structured and how they use it. Um, Then we preview four exercises that we'll be doing in the range. Answer people's questions, get them familiar with the uh, course of fire, go to the range. We shoot the four exercises. They experience some one on one coaching during live fire. Then we come back and debrief. So I've been teaching that here in the greater Boston area. And affiliate instructors are people that um, are teaching pistol practice, the class, as I described it, in their local markets. The way you do that, is uh you and i have a conversation the instructor and i have a conversation and nra and uscca certified instructors that are interested in doing this um it is a zero dollar licensing agreement by that i mean there's a licensing agreement i ask people to sign which respects that the intellectual property of pistol practice the targets the course of fire is is mine um, and that they are licensed to teach the class. I will provide the PowerPoint slide deck for the class, the teacher's notes, and any coaching you need, um, so long as you buy the books from me wholesale. And every time you teach the class, a student gets a copy of the book. So, um, not dissimilar from the USCCA model, where I think we as instructors buy the books at 15 and it retails for 30. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, it's it's that kind of of arrangement, and I, I currently have um, a growing number of instructors from from coast to coast that are taking this on, and I try to track the the zip code that people are in, so I don't have uh, people competing with each other. Um, mm-hmm. The currently there is one class for pistol practice, and I will be growing that. That's. Um, Again, in response to another request I've had that, OK, so you do the first class, they get the book and we go through four exercises. What about the other 16? So I'll be putting together a curriculum that lets you then you've got them on the hook now teach the follow on class. So perhaps through the course of a year, right? Four quarters in the year, you would teach four classes of pistol practice. Um. The suggestion for this was because people felt as more and more states go constitutional carry, people just buy their gun. They're they're not asking to take basic firearm safety. Mm-hmm. And the next most common stop is concealed carry. But I think we all know there's a huge gulf between new gun owner and someone carrying responsibly. Right. Um, and part of that is fundamentals and making sure they practice regularly and pistol practice fills that void.
2: So yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking the exact same thing here, you know, down here in Ohio, we've got Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, um, West Virginia, uh, Pennsylvania, that are all uh, constitutional carry States. And well, with that, this could be one of those with the instructors to go along and offer as far as another um, revenue stream, because, you know, they're learning how to run their pistol appropriately. Yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe they're not interested in getting a piece of plastic from the government. Understand that, but at the same time, you know, as responsible gun owners, we should be in encouraging everybody to learn good skills. Because you now, when I teach instructor classes, I you know, I, I always bring up the question: At who do you certify as uh, as an instructor or as students? because when you go along and you say somebody has passed a course you know at the time then they could apply for their ccw license that means they could go down get their license from the sheriff and then carry it around to walmart you know grocery stores you know out in public everything else like that and i said you know that's a huge responsibility because if that person makes a mistake uh, from what you told them or uh along those lines then you know you've got to live with it they've got to live with it and that's not good for either one of us and i said you know where's where's my line my line's very very simple in that when somebody's on the range somebody's in the classroom if i don't have 100% confidence that they can carry in public and do it responsibly i won't certify i'll give them their money back i'll do something along those lines because right. when they're in the walmart store they might stand, be standing behind my family and if the first thing in my mind is like if i heard they were behind me and somebody said there's a stick up and i'd jump, and i'd you know crawl on the floor because I would be afraid of how that person shoots. I shouldn't be certifying them, uh, that they completed my course. But at the same time, if they're, you know, confident shooters and they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, I don't believe this is going on. You know, I've got to defend myself. It's like, Oh, I, you know I'm glad John's behind me because uh because I know exactly how uh, confident he is in his shots and how he went along really took things seriously, and he's not going to go along and do anything that's not absolutely necessary to go along and defend uh you know everybody else's life and, and you know, if you can't say that then you need you owe that student to spend more time with them and making sure that they understand you know where their skill level is. Uh, for it when it comes to a course, because I'd say that's a big responsibility for instructors. We should not be just rubber stamping to where we're putting dangerous people out there and dangerous from dangerous from the standpoint. They don't know how to properly use their uh, firearms for, you know, you you mentioned, Rob, that you liked or enjoyed the
3: the quotes I had in the book. One Mm -hmm. of my favorites is. uh, Owning a firearm doesn't make you armed any more than Owning a guitar makes you musician, Colonel Cooper. Uh, right, uh, yep. we Marine. Right, mm-hmm. we, we have a responsibility to train constantly. I know that I'm due for another, you know, self defense concealed carry class. It's been a little while. I'm going to go take one, perhaps at Sig Academy, maybe at my local club. Um, but I know when I'm in that class, I'm paying attention to the new material, the new challenges, because my fundamentals are strong. My grip Mm -hmm. is always the same. My finger discipline is there. My trigger press is smooth. Acquisition of the front sight is consistent. I'm not having to worry about that. So when they're trying to train me on uh, situational awareness or how to point my body or how to hold it to compress ready, um, I'll be dialed in on that because all the other fundamentals are strong. Um I'm passionate about pistol practice and 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 not just for the gosh and we at one end of the spectrum we're talking about defending our 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 families our homes and our communities that's pretty intense and heavy stuff okay mm-hmm. I'm very glad that my first introduction to firearms was not on that spectrum I was 10 years old I was with my dad we were shooting cans off a log and mm-hmm. it's just a wonderful feeling and my club every spring does a day for the kids, and it's wonderful to see families bringing their 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 children in. You know, and we line up all the twenty twos. We've got you know one per stall. We're I'm in Massachusetts, so don't get to shoot outdoors much. Um, we've got an instructor with every firearm teaching each youth, and you know that look on their face when when they hit a bullseye. That's just gold. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to give someone a positive firearms experience, um, I was listening to another podcast. I actually remember who it was. Uh, The guy that developed that whole mindset method about walking yourself through the door, visualizing, you know, the moment. Um, Holding an an explosion at the end of your arm is a completely unnatural event, right? Your body is designed to recoil from something that goes bang. And when I'm working with new shooters and, you know, huge influx of uh, female shooters and elderly shooters in the last couple of years, sadly and understandably, um, I I'm right there for them just in the moment saying, hey, it's that's an unnatural bang, you know, and just talk them through it. But then weeks later, where they're now taking on one of the challenges like natural point of aim or save the hostage and they're just joy they're so far from that scary moment of the bang to now they're enjoying recreational shooting and building their fundamentals i'm like okay now we're at the point we can introduce you to holster draw Mm -hmm. myself i'm gonna i'm gonna do that with a cert training pistol that's the way i like to start people off and i talk about dry fire and the cert in appendix three can I talk to that real quick? Just the idea that in yeah. addition to pistol practice, having uh, drills, exercises, challenges, score sheets, and targets, I'd like uh, the instructors to know that there are appendices that cover some of the fundamentals. I didn't want to write a how-to book, but I felt an obligation to at least talk people through aiming, grip, dry fire, um, you know, and, and what's in your range bag, which really rounds it out for your your new shooters whether you have bfs in your state or or con- constitutional carry
2: hmm yep yeah, definitely a uh, lot of good information in there and uh one of the things i like in your what what's in your range bag is you talk about medical kit because as i go along and tell people um if you're going to be around you know guns and knives you're going to need to have some kind of uh first aid kit and you know and Majority of the time, it's not going to be a traumatic injury to where somebody gets shot, but you fall down you get slide bite. You go along and, uh, you know, get, you know, gets a skinned knee when you go down on the gravel to go along and shoot from a kneeling position, all those types of things. But at the worst case, we also know that having some chest seals, having some compression bandages, things along those lines would be beneficial also. And instructors, if you've, I know you've heard, heard me say this before. You might actually be the person who needs the assistance because you're you're going along and you had a a situation and you want to make sure your students and other instructors are properly prepared to take care of you in case of a medical emergency. That might sound a little selfish, but I think a lot of times instructors forget about, you know, part of the planning when it comes to rain safety briefing and what you carry in your bag is just in case you're that that, uh, person who goes along and uh, has a heart attack, falls down, you know, gets a concussion, anything along those lines. I think that's one of the things I I love about, um,
3: I want to say this sport, but let's face it, shooting is so much more than that. It's more than a hobby. It's more than a sport. Um, this interest that we share, whether you come at it from the perspective of the Second Amendment or competition shooting or s- self-defense, um, for me, this really covers all the bases of things that keep me engaged. Um as an engineer and I know there's a lot of mechanical engineers and carpenters out there, you know, when you're cleaning your gun, it's fun. <laughs> when you're improving your gun, changing the grip, it's fun. So, it's mm-hmm. checking the box on the do-it-yourself home improvement guy. Um and the boy scout in us that wants to be prepared. You got to be prepared. You got to have your first aid kit. If you're exactly. going to be a shooter, you better take a traumatic injury class. So there's that. Um, there's an intellectual aspect about understanding the legal use of force. What are your responsibilities? What are your rights? Mm-hmm. Got to look into that. Um, it's, it's physical. It's intellectual. And then there's the whole Zen thing. I didn't think you could really experience it until it started happening to me that when you're doing that slow trigger press and you've got that cleansing breath and just in that moment, the gun goes off, and you know it's dead nuts. You just mm-hmm. know before you even look through the spotting scope or bring the target in. You can't believe you just made that shot, but then again, you can believe it because you felt it. Mm-hmm. I call this gun yoga. I've never done yoga, but I imagine it has that great, <laughs> relaxing <laughs> feeling. Right. So yeah. um, it's it's a, a pleasure to share this with you and and uh, and your audience of instructors um it's a great asset to um your your clients if you wanted to you know buy the book wholesale and resell it i, I offer about a, a, a third 30 percent discount um and if you want to teach the material because you're looking for a curriculum in your markets let's have that conversation
2: okay good well hey john um We've been asking all our guests this season, can you, can you name an event, a place or a class that you think that 2A uh, people should go see or do? Wow, that's a great
3: question. Uh, close to home, uh, being in the greater Boston area, where it all began, <laughs> we've got Lexington and Concord. Um, the museums are fantastic. The tours that you can take to the old North Bridge and the Lexington Battle Green um, it it's emotional and it's really well done. There's a depth of knowledge there,
2: um, and the one thing I like about up there, uh, I haven't been to the every museum, but I've been up to Boston. There is that's where it started, where a bunch of people with a crazy idea of liberty and democracy went along and uh, you know started our country. And when you think about it, we may not we may be an imperfect union. But at the same time, we're the best imperfect union there is out there because of some people that were willing to go along and and try something, you know, novel at the time.
3: And I think what I agree and I think what people often forget is they gave us a framework for continuous improvement, a framework. You know, it's, it's supposed to be a little contentious. I don't think it's supposed to be as contentious as it's been in recent years, but we're supposed to have this constant creative tension, right, balance of power, and always have that dialogue. And living in the greater Boston area, I constantly run into people who do not share our feelings uh, uh, about the Second Amendment. And I'm an ambassador for the Second Amendment, right? That's our responsibility.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we so can, have can have an appreciation for history. That's that's the one thing we're missing, I think, in a lot of cases. You know, oh. so. Some important lessons. Definitely, definitely. Well, John, where can people find out? Uh, get a hold of you if they want to go along. And talk about um, you know becoming an instructor and affiliate if they want to go along. And order your book or just see what's uh, what's going on with the next version of uh, lessons that are coming out. Okay. Um, Website is pistolpractice.com, all one
3: word, and I am john at pistolpractice.com. Just email me. I'll get back to you right away. Um, We can set up a phone call. I'm going to be having a Zoom in a couple of weeks, probably the week of May 10th or 17th. I do multiple, and on that Zoom will be other instructors interested in the affiliate program and i will walk people through what the program is and the the course material and if you'd like to uh buy a copy of the book and experience it for yourself um i'm giving rob's listeners ten dollars off it's a list price of 29.99 use code ftp10 ftp10 at checkout and you can buy the book and everything else at pistolpractice.com
2: super Super. Appreciate it, John. And hopefully our listeners will uh, take advantage of that uh, code and get a copy of of the book because I've got a copy in front of me and it's uh, going to my range bag when I go out this weekend to the range. So it'll it'll make make it a little bit more fun and I'll be able to try a few of the drills out. Look forward to it. John, I appreciate your time uh, today and sharing your knowledge with our audience. Thank you, Rob. Have a good one. You too. That's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found it. Interesting, the uh, book that we talked about with John. Uh, Pistol practice definitely seems to have a place in my range bag going forward, and I'm going to look into using that into some future classes also. Do you have a topic or somebody you think I'd be interested to talk to? Send me your thoughts, suggestions at at ftp.concealedcarry.com. Don't forget about the Guardian Conference coming on September 15th through the 17th out at the Oklahoma City Gun Club. Great time to go along and get training from several different national trainers as well as network with other 2A enthusiasts and self-defense enthusiasts. Leave me a comment on our Facebook page or at firearmtrainerpodcast.com. And, and remember, when you go to our website, you can also search for previous episodes on different topics. Whether you're a new instructor or a seasoned instructor, I'm sure we'll find something on our episode list that will be of interest to you. Remember, visit our sponsors, Special and, fire and Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Listeners to our podcast can receive 10% off your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. And if you are a certified instructor by any of the national training organizations, you qualify for coverage. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone.
0: You're listening to Resolution Radio,
1: Radio, Radio.
0: ResolutionRDO.com. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick
1: Hold on right there, my friend. Uh, that's very interesting and in giving you a little bit of background on our featured guest for the evening, Stefan Brockus of Arctos Media and Europa Terra Nostra. A little bit of background on who he is and what his story is, and we'll be back with hey more there, next. Hey, family, this is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-888-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net.